0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Love and Truth Church Savannah Podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our hope is for these teachings to be encouraging and uplifting, and that they would help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, let's get ready to receive a powerful message from Pastor AJ Fowler. going to stop move on to the next holy habit this week, but uh, I get into prayer and I kind of find other things that I, I really want to slow down and break it apart and teach it. Um, something that I'm passionate about, I want to see others be inspired and I want to see you grow in your prayer life because that's really where Satan gets nervous. The devil really gets nervous when you learn how to pray. Uh, He's not concerned as much, as much as we want to see people in the church, because I believe there's power in your connections with the people in the house. But when you start, when you learn the discipline, to discipline yourself, to pray, he really gets nervous because it shakes, I believe, the corridors of hell. It begins to run devils out of your house, not to say that you're possessed, but they, they show up. They're they're looking for ways to enter into your home, to divide your marriage, your family, your children. They look for ways to strike you with sickness and all different forms and facets. And you have to learn there's an authority that God's given you, but you never access it until you learn how to know Him. Uh, When you know Him, is Matthew, I think it's, I might be wrong in this, I can't remember exactly. Maybe it's Matthew 20, I don't remember what it was, maybe 17. When Jesus is talking to His disciples and Maybe, no, it's Matthew 7. And he talks to them that, you know, they did all these mighty miracles in his name, but he said, I never knew you. You might've performed the works, but you never knew me. And knowing him is, is an intimate revelational knowledge. And, you know, we see people that might can perform. I, you might perform all the miracles, preach, uh, preach the paint off the wall, go out and do mighty things in the community, give until, you know, everybody's like, my goodness, look at all the good deeds they've done, but you never knew God. This is the place, the place, the womb of prayer, learning to grow in that area and be disciplined to say nothing's still in this time. That's when you start making it and becoming effective because Satan will send everything. He's not omnipresent. So if if you have more attacks going on, be encouraged. I know it sounds bad, but he's having to pull devils off of this assignment and that assignment to stick them on you because he fears you. He fears what you can do. And prayer is the place. I watched, watched, uh, grew up in a family of uh, prayer warriors. My, my grandmother, for one, she was a mighty woman of prayer. And uh, I've told the stories, I'm not gonna tell them again, but I, I've heard her pray so many times. And one of the stories I heard, just to kind of kick us off into this, and you can go ahead and turn to Matthew 13. Uh, my, my uncle uh, was, got drafted to Vietnam. And so he, he, he went and, uh, he was driving uh, a truck with troops, and uh, my grandmother they tell the story that my grandmother had this eerie feeling, and the Holy Spirit was speaking to her and says, "You need to pray for LD." So my grandmother, i don 't know at what point in the day it was it was I think it was in the wee hours because he's in Vietnam, and whatever the time difference is, she gets up out of her bed and begins to cry out to God, praying in tongues and seeking the heart of God and speaking life and helped over my uncle. And, and little did she know that my uncle was supposed to cross a bridge first and uh, that his friend pulled up beside him and said, hey, you know what? I'll lead out on this one. It was, a, it was one of his good friends. He tells the story. And, and sure enough, whenever this guy took a, troop, uh, a truck of troops and, and pulled out ahead of him, was crossing the bridge, the Viet Cong blew the bridge up and blew up the troops with my, my uncle's friend on it. And, uh, uh, my, my grandmother tells the story that she saw, or well, she told the story to that. She saw my uncle. She said, I saw him kneeling beside a tree and saying, mom, please pray for me. That's really the Holy Spirit woke her up, but that's the vision she saw. And if we're attentive and we're awake and we're alert and people say, well, that's just, that's I mean, She must've been whatever. No, it's just building history with God. When you build history with God, what you find is there's a relationship. He begins. He speaks in so many facets. He speaks through his presence. People say, well, I haven't heard the voice of God. But if I feel the peace of God, then guess what he's speaking to you? Peace. And so my heart and my passion, and regardless of what people think of how I pray, I want to inspire people to pray. I want you to want to go into your closet and say, God, here I am. I don't understand anything about what Pastor AJ was talking about in prayer, but I'm coming to meet with you. And I promise you, when you shut the door, the scripture says the father who sees in secret, he's already there waiting for you to show up. I don't care if it's three minutes. He's already there. If you give him space, if you give him space, he will show up and he will be there. So Matthew chapter 13 and verse eight, I want to talk to you, and I'm only going to get one out tonight, okay? I wanted to break this, so this is going to continue to next Wednesday night in prayer. I talked last week about the discipline of saying yes to God. It's a holy habit of prayer, but I've just broke it up into subtopics, sub, sub but the discipline of saying yes, God, to you every day, and saying yes to the prayer closet. The second discipline I talked about last week was the discipline of shutting the door. Shutting the door shuts everything out. I shut out voices. I shut out uh, text messages. I shut out the, the, the situations that would come to distract me, and then I, I give him all of my time. It's just like you, if you have a, a spouse, a wife, or a husband, or maybe a great friend that you guys hang out, you give them time and attention and it's just them. When you go to hang out, it's that time of where you, you know, whatever it is, it's, we're hanging out. It's, it's us. So, But tonight, the third one, under this whole topic of, of holy habit of prayer is the discipline of listening. I wanna talk about listening because I, I could probably ask in the room, and I don't know how many of you uh, we've asked this before, but truly, how many of you struggle to hear the voice of God? And does everybody, and, and, and I'm just going to tell you at the end of the service, I want to give you that time because we're just, it, it's, it's simple as, as giving you space, getting quiet, and, and just asking, Holy Spirit, what do you want to talk to me about? And just being quiet, being silent, and letting Him begin to speak to your heart. So some of you may not have been able to slow your schedule down to let him do that. So I wanna slow that down. I've got 21 minutes to slow it down towards the end of the service and give, him an opp- give you an opportunity where there's nothing up here. I don't even know if we're gonna have music or not, but just to be silent and let him speak. And we're gonna ask him, Holy Spirit, you literally out of your own mouth, Holy Spirit, what, you, what do you wanna speak to me about? And then we're just gonna listen. Because learning to listen and I I'll, I'll tell you I just got to get into it. It's it's one of it is a discipline you have to learn. I like to talk and pray. And I it's a discipline for me to shut up for 30 seconds. Yeah. saying. So Matthew 13 and 8, I want to pull this whole uh, section of scripture here is Jesus is talking about the parable of the sower and and he's talking about he's talking about that when Basically, it's referring to God. and saying the farmer, but the farmer being the Lord. God, the Father, goes about sowing seed, the seed being the word of the Lord. And it talks about that he scattered it. Some fell along the path. Birds came and ate it up. Uh, The busyness of life, whatever you want to say, he goes through this whole section of things that were taking and stealing the seed. And then he gets to verse eight, which is where it begins to take a positive twist. And he says that some other seed fell on good soil. Now, the good soil is your heart, you have to have a you have to have a heart that's conducive, which is pliable and moldable. Bitterness will choke out the seed of the word. Unforgiveness will choke it out. Offense. Check your heart. If you're easily offended, if somebody comes in and says, "Hey, you know, I like your shoes," and you, well, what, what, what are you trying to say? I mean, come on, man. They're just, giving you, they're just giving you a compliment. I was just saying, that's a spirit of offense that wants to attach itself to you. And that is one of the spirits in the age right now, I'm just gonna tell you. You look and you see what's happening. You can't say anything without somebody getting offended. And so it's like, God, I don't wanna be offended. A pliable heart is soil, it's good soil, so that when God sows his seed into your life, the goal is a harvest. And he goes on to say, still other, good, other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop. It was, re- they were reproductive a hundred, sixty, or thirty times. I'll settle for thirty times, okay? I'm good. I want a hundred, but I'll settle for thirty, even ten. He said, or thirty times what was sown. And Jesus says in verse nine that it's connected, the reproductive growth of the word of God is connected to verse nine, where it says, Whoever has what? Ears, Ears. let him hear. Solomon prayed. God, give me a wise and discerning heart. People said, well, he prayed for wisdom. But what that means is, is a hearing heart. He said, God, give me a hearing heart so that I can hear what you're saying. Because I don't know how to lead these people without you. You understand that Solomon led a regime where there was no war and that gold was so plentiful that it was stacked on the side of the roads. How would you like to live in a time like that? But it was all because there was a leader that said, give me a wise and discerning heart because I need a hearing heart. I got to hear what you're saying. What I'm saying is not enough. What do you have to say? James, the brother of Jesus that wrote the book of James, he said here, he said, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak. I've got to be quick to listen. I'm telling you, I promise you, The problem is not on his end if we can't hear. The problem is on our end. A lot of times we come to the place of prayer, and if you just give me a few moments just to build this, but a lot of times we come into the place of prayer and we have an agenda. We have a topic. We have something we're bringing before him, and we never start to actually connect with the host, which starts with, thank you, God, for life in my body today. Thank you. For waking me up to every day, I'm telling you, when some physical part of your body gets affected, you'll, you'll, it changes your whole thought process. When my eyesight, I still to this day have a little, a little, uh, a little bit of a quadrant of my uh, eye that I can't see completely clear out of. And every day I get up, God, I thank you for seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, and touching, feeling, walking, and talking, and breathing. And Father, I thank you that it's in you that I live, and I move, and I have my being. I thank him every day, every day. Because once it gets tested, it changes your perspective, and you slow back, and you give him thanks for it. I don't know, anybody else ever discovered that? It opens the door for a greater heart connection, because that's how you start to hear his heartbeat. That's how you do it. And then going into the place of prayer and saying, God, I've got all this stuff that I want to talk to you about, but let me push that aside. What do you want to talk about? And then let him speak. You just open your heart. God, speak to me. Sometimes he'll touch things in your heart. Well, your attitude or this situation or whatever it may be, he touches those things and it begins to correct you. And that's what you want. You want the father to correct you. You, you want him to speak to you on that. But hearing God is the most tre- cherished uh, secret of the secret place of prayer. Hearing his voice. and um, God looked at the children of Israel in Psalm 81 and 7, and he talked about this. He said, I answered you in the secret place of thunder. And he, he viewed the convocation with his people at Mount Sinai in the book of Exodus. You know, God leads them out into the wilderness. So he gets them away from everything. And leads them to the lonely mountain, so to speak, for those of you that are J.R.R. Tolkien fans. He leads them to a place so that he can speak to them, to get them away from the enemy, get them from the voice of Egypt, uh, uh, of worldly affection, so to speak, leads them out and begins to speak to them. And... It was a secret place encounter that they had with them. And he says, I answered you in the secret place of thunder. He called them aside to a deserted mountain in order to give them his commandments. That's what he wanted to do is pull them aside and then instill in them so that they might become a nation of priests, although we know they didn't. One tribe became a, a, a priesthood, but he didn't want just that. He wanted a nation of priests that would communicate and listen to him. So hearing is of the utmost importance and Jesus said like I said who has ears to hear let him hear and 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 the most important treasures in the kingdom are predicated upon the necessity of hearing the voice of the Lord and it's the wellspring of of life and of eternal life it's the fountainhead where you receive kingdom power those of us we we live beneath our means if we're not functioning in the demonstration of the kingdom and don't feel bad and say well i haven't seen any of that happen it's learning you begin to exercise it and you exercise it through your confession uh, one of the things I talked earlier about, this is what's crazy, is that the, this past week, I just recently, the Holy Spirit put on my heart, AJ, begin to pray for a 60-mile impact, a 60-mile radial impact for your church, for the kingdom to invade, because I'm praying for kingdom to come. That's what I'm asking for, not not churchy, Western culture, Christianity. I'm saying, God, we don't need that. We gotta have your way of doing things, your kingdom, and, and, and there's structure and all those things that go with that, but... As I've been praying that for a week, I get a text from Pastor Eddie today, and he says, you need to start contending for, a, 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 for impact in 50 miles. And I was like, that's crazy. I text him, and said, I perceive you to be a prophet. I've been praying for 60, so there you go, praying above, above and beyond that. And it's, it's incredible, uh, and I, I don't have time to look it up. I'll have a number for you maybe next week. But the people that are in a 60-mile radius of our church I'm not talking about the church. I'm talking about the unchurched. I wonder how many there are. And so I begin to pray, God, send them in through our people. Let there be divine connections in our congregation where whenever you're going to Florence or when you're going to Corinth, that there's a conversation that opens up and there's a prayer that can take place and where somebody begins to say, tell me where you go because there's something on your life that I wanna be a part of, and I want this house to be a house of peace, a house of security, and a house of identity when you come in underneath this atmosphere, that's what we're praying, and people can feel that they can hear it. They can hear God speak to them and declare, this is your identity. This is what I've called you to become. That's what I wanna see, and that's the impact that I'm praying for. So if you would join me in interceding for that, I would really appreciate it. But it's the fountainhead of kingdom power hearing the voice of the Lord. This is the source of wisdom. People say, I pray for God to give me wisdom. Wisdom comes in your ability to hear. Wisdom comes and understanding comes in your ability to understand. You discover, hear this, and I don't say this lightly because I literally, literally, not figuratively or metaphorically, I literally discovered who God was calling me me to become in my role in the kingdom as a full-time staff member, i say whatever you want to call it, pastor, whatever. I'm a son first, but I, my title and whatever it is I was called to function in, it literally came from the place of prayer, I promise. Direction comes through the place of prayer. I found myself, my affections begin to shift, my appetites begin to shift, simply because I connected to his heart and my delights became his delights and my heart's desires became his heart desires because he shaped me. And he's still doing it but you can't discover who you've been called to be apart from the place of prayer. Because when he speaks, nothing happens when I talk. It really doesn't. I mean, I make my prayers and my declarations and I believe stuff shifts and moves, but when everything begins to change when he starts speaking, Gary, when God begins to speak, because you know what? He's the God of the universe. He's the Ancient of Days, and He's leaning into my ear, or He's leaning into my heart, or in my—I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how many of you hear. You may be so—I just want to be—I want to be careful. I say this, but you—you may hear the the audible voice of the Lord, and I'm I'm frustrated at you. I'm really mad at you because I want to hear it. I probably don't want to hear it after I hear it. It'll probably freak me out, and I'll hide under the bed with the covers. But. I I desire, and he speaks to me in the still small voice. But sometimes when I, I don't freak out if I can't hear his voice in the still small voice because then I turn my heart to my emotions. What do I feel right now? And there's times, I'm telling you, when I, it's different this year, y'all, it's different. But I'm walking in this room and I just feel an invasion of the presence of life. I feel it right now. And it's affirmation. So many people struggle feeling rejected, by family, by fathers, by parents, by siblings, by churches for God's sake. But all you have to do is don't turn your heart of affection to a church. Turn your heart of affection to Holy Spirit and say, let me feel how you feel about me. And I promise you, when I do that, you know what I hear a lot of times? I walked out, we were, this is crazy. Elijah was, we had ball games last night and the national anthem was, was playing. Man, I just struggle. I'm telling you, when the national anthem's, I just, I'll ball. I've gotta be careful. Especially, you know, we haven't had much sleep and I'm an emotional guy anyway. So then the national anthem, the anthem is going on And I just heard the Lord speak to me on the ball field. And he said, AJ, I love you so much. And so I was like, oh, God, bad timing. I've got to be a coach. And here I am. I'm trying to hold it all together. So I just put my hat over my eyes. And I just begin to rub. Like People thought, man, what is this guy? He's bored with the national. No, I was about to lose it. Because I heard his voice in that moment. And he spoke to me. And I'm telling you, I'm a words of affirmation guy anyway. God knows my love language. Right, babe? I'm a words of affirmation guy. And so when he started speaking to me, my heart melted. And he and he'll just invade my time. But I told him, I said, God, you just come and in and tell him and speak to me. And I just shouldn't have done that. But he does. And so he'll catch me in moments, and I'll see stuff. And he speaks so, he's so multifaceted. Am I just too passionate for you all tonight? I'm just, I'm giving you where I'm at. I gotta teach you from where I'm eating, okay? So when he spoke to me in that moment, I just started to wilt, but he just, and he'll tell me at times, I'm so pleased with you. And then I think about, God, I got to prep this message. And I want to, and he's like, you're still my son. I don't care if you bomb it or you you kill it. It doesn't matter to me. You're still mine and I still love you. And so it affects the way that I live my life now. You got to live from the conviction that he's, he's pleased with you, regardless of what you do. Your doing doesn't make him love you anymore or love you any less. He loves you and his heart of affection is so much for you. You gotta see that. But again, like I said, things don't change when I talk to God. Things change when he talks to me, obviously, because I'll fall apart. I'll unravel. We sing the song, you unravel me. And, and it's, it does. For us, if you haven't become unraveled in the presence of God, I question your encounter. And I say that and I can't, I can't be, but he unravels you. When you come into his presence, he shows you, hey, this is how pure and holy I am. He's unlike any other. That's what holy means. So when I encounter him, all of a sudden, I begin to become unraveled, and I'm like, oh, God, I'm a mess. And he's like, you're exactly right. That's why you can't do this alone. You can't get salvation by yourself. You need me. And so therein lies the great dependability upon him, not independence from him. You got to have him. God talks, the universe comes into existence. So the power of prayer is found not in convincing him of my agenda, but in waiting upon him to hear his. What is your heart, God? I've got my complaints. I can bring them to you. I've got thousands of thousands upon thousands of petitions. God, what about our nation that's going to hell in a handbasket? But God says, just stop. Let's talk to you about you. How are you? Are you vertically living your life towards him or are you focusing on the horizontal more than him? And I just think it's just shifting, shifting your focus towards intimacy. I'm telling you, everything hinges on intimacy. I'm learning this, everything. I was telling Chris Smith, Pastor Chris Smith the other day, I said, man, I'm understanding now about the place of prayer. You know, I used to come in with certain agendas now and I said, no, it's, I mean, all this stuff, church stuff, Certain situations, I, I, I've got I've to find the womb of intimacy before I step out and try to attack anything else. Like calling down this and calling down that. Find intimacy first. Function from that place because from intimacy comes identity, security, and peace. It flows from that place. Let me keep moving. I realize I can't tell God what to speak and hopefully you can figure that out too or I can't tell him when to speak it because again, like I said, He just, he speaks something and it just messes you all up. But what I can do, and this is what you can do, is you can position yourself in the secret place, in that womb of prayer. I call it the womb of prayer. And again, listen to me. It's not hours. Don't start with thinking, I'm gonna pray for three hours today. Don't do that. You'll find yourself burnt out before you even start. Start it small and grow it. But as you position yourself in the secret place, in that place, so that when he chooses to speak, here is your, this is what you were supposed to do, you've gotta be found listening. Gotta listen. Gotta be found listening. And be encouraged by the fact that you're not the only person that finds listening the, the most very, or the hardest challenge in the place of prayer. It's hard to master. I haven't mastered it. Because there's times when I'm walking through here praying and uh, I don't care if it's at home or it's here, I'll find thousands of little things that's wrong with this, that, and the other hour. We've got to change this. We've got to do that. But it's, it has to be a discipline of yourself to say, God, this is a dialogue. People, you can't see it as a one-sided conversation. It is a dialogue. There has to be space created for him to speak to you. So it's, it's a very hard discipline to master. Prayer is the hardest place. Why do you think it's the hardest place? I just told you at the very beginning of the message. The enemy will fight you. He'll distract. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and saying, hey, you remember that thing you forgot to do last week? Put it on your list. You need to complete it. You need to follow up. You need to make sure that you follow through. He's great to me about reminding me, follow through. Follow through. Follow through. I'm not the greatest at it, but I've tried. Sometimes, and that's where the notes on your iPhone, perfect, pull it out, make a note, set it back down and forget about it. But sometimes the enemy is great because if he can't get you to fall into sin, what's his next best thing? Distraction and busyness. If he can make you busy, if he can pack out your schedule, keep you from prayer, keep you from the community of God, keep you from worship, then he's succeeded he can't get you to go to hell, but he can distract you from the purpose which God's called you for. Because again, when you pray, you discover who God's called you to be. Oh my gosh, I've got three minutes. This is never, oh, I'm good. All right, can y'all believe this? Some of you all was like, oh my gosh, he's gonna finish before 8.05, thank God. All right, I gotta keep moving. So here, the best attainments, listen to this. <laughs> the best attainments attainments in God always come the hardest. It always is gonna be the hardest thing that you ever do, but the most rewarding thing, the greatest thing, and I I don't wanna point you guys out, but the greatest thing that you guys can do for your children and for this beautiful little olive that's gonna come into the world full of awakening power, I just declare it over in Jesus' name. The greatest thing that you guys can pass to them is not inheritance The greatest thing that you guys can hand her and your children is a lifestyle of devotion where you burn. Spirit of burning, come into our home. Let us become a house of prayer for our children and their children, that when they come into our house, they know there is a burning fire of devotion in this home. They can get warmed here in this house. That's what I want to give to my children. I may not be able to give Elijah and Emerson, I may not be able to give them inheritances and houses and great, powerful, whatever you want to call it, retirement funds that I can bless them with. But one thing I can give them is I can go into a closet and pray and keep the fire hot and the Holy Spirit and pass them and show them what it means to worship and what it means to pray and what it means to seek the kingdom of God first and foremost before any of the other worldly acclaim. Not to build a big name for yourself. Seek first God's way of doing things and learn to listen Elijah, it's so interesting, it's so funny now is that Crystal's teaching him how to hear the Holy Spirit and he'll come up sometimes, she'll, she'll, he'll ask a question and she'll say, what's the Holy Spirit saying, Elijah? I know, he's telling me not to do it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's so cute and I love it. So he didn't get a junior Holy Spirit, he got the same one I got. And so it's, it's so funny, but it's so cool to hear. Be prepared to make the discipline of attentive listening, listen, lifetime. It's a lifetime pursuit. America says, give it to me now. God says, that's not how I work. The, the Western, or excuse me, Eastern, seeing Jesus actually from the East, you know, one thing, and I talked about this one Sunday, and I, I learned this not too long ago, but in the East, whenever there's something in Scripture that they don't understand, when, when the Jews, there's something they say, oh my gosh, I don't understand. They don't get frustrated, mad, and quit. That's what we do, Right? We don't understand, I I can't understand it, I give up. No, they get excited because they say, one of these days, Yahweh's gonna reveal it to me. So I'm gonna sit on expectation and be ready for when he speaks, I'll I'll know it. If we can live from that perspective of learning to sit, just like a little kid is sitting on Christmas on the stairs and waiting for dad to say, all right, tear into it. I believe that's what we ought to be sitting with expectation, waiting for God to speak, oh God, what are you saying? What are you saying? And let him speak and then act upon what we say, or what he says. It has to be a lifetime pursuit that literally becomes easier as you practice it. So I tried to think through these and I'll give you some application. Two of them are the same, but it's worded differently. Here's the first thing. and learning to listen, This is what you gotta do. The number one here is give God space. Give him space. Give him space to speak. So that's creating that factor, that time. Number two, pray, then give ample time. So like I said, number one and two are the same. But pray and give ample time for his response. Everything changes. When you learn to live from the responses of God, you, you, t- you, you change your lifestyle to where when bad things happen in your world, you don't live in reaction as much. So when you hear something at work and someone blows up and says something to you, because you've spent time with him, you've learned because he responds, he doesn't react. God speaks and things happen. So I live in response to the father, not in reaction to what happens in my job. So when I spend time with him, it gives me grace so that when I step into the hellacious moments and, the, and the, the, the awful moments in life, I have spent time with him. I know his heart. So I take it into my job. I take it into my family. I take it into moments and situations. I learn when to shut my mouth and I learn when to speak. Learning to master your tongue actually comes from the place of prayer. Because God instills within you, listen, when you pray, God's multifaceted. It's not just he talks, I talk, he talks, I talk. No, God is, he's putting things into your spirit. That's what you got to see. He's dropping things into your spirit that you don't even know. Your spirit becomes pregnant with, with, with great things. One of the things that God gives me, because I'm a fuse at times, is he gives me grace. So when things don't go the way I expect them to go, I feel the grace of God moving in and the mercy of the Lord because you can't be merciful. You can't receive mercy if you're not giving mercy, but it comes through prayer. Okay, I gotta, all right. So number three, here you go. Always be listening. You gotta listen. You just gotta do it. Number four, when you're listening to the voice of God, he never contradicts his word. So God's not gonna tell you, you need to leave your spouse. No, he's not. It's a covenant. God's a covenant-making God. I'm just using that for example. He's not gonna tell you, leave your spouse, because, you know, now, if there's, there's difference, if there's reasons there, and, and it's biblical. And number five, if you wanna hear God speak more clearly as it pertains to you listening and hearing his voice, increase the quantity of your scripture intake. In other words, read until he starts speaking. Does that make sense? I've got to read until he starts speaking. I read. The more of the word of God that I take into my life, the more I understand how he speaks. It's a spiritual thing. Reading scripture is, and I'll talk about it, it's actually one of the holy habits I'll I'll pull up in the future, and I gotta stop right here. But I I hope that makes sense to you, but um, I tell you what, Demetri, you come. You play some soothing stuff, whatever you feel to play. Let's, uh, can we drop the lights? I wanna, I wanna create, just, the presence of the Lord is already in the room, but I just wanna create this moment for some of you because you haven't had the opportunity to slow down and just sit in the presence of God. One of the most favorite things I love about our services sometimes is when I don't have a clue what I'm supposed to do. The presence of God is in this room and I'm just like, I can't touch this. You can call me green behind the, or greenhorns or wet behind the ears or whatever you wanna say in ministry, but sometimes I just don't wanna touch it. And I want to I be that pastor that steps off the stage and says, I don't need the spotlight. I'm going to let Jesus have his way. But in this moment, some of you, your life is so busy. And I'm not, I'm not condemning you. Your life is so busy. You've packed it. You let your schedule run your life. And so right now, I want to create space for you. I felt this in the Holy Spirit. And so I want you to just to close your eyes. First and foremost, and just see with your mind's eye, there's nobody in this room but you and Jesus. Just him. And he's all you need. You don't need, I don't mean this bad, but you don't need a relationship. You don't need a job right now. You don't need tomorrow. You just need the moment and him. And I want you to ask him. It's what I used to do to Elijah when he was young. Jesus, speak to me. And just ask him, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? You don't need Pastor AJ to prophesy to you. You don't need another word from any man. You need a word from him. And just ask him. Come on, I'm going to give us a few moments. Ask him, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me right now? Some of you it may be an affirming word. Don't write that off. Don't think it's, well, I'm just thinking that. No, 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 no. If God is telling you how much that he loves you, you receive that. God could be dealing with you about a situation. Or he's saying, hey, just let it go. Or Maybe he's wanting you to pray more into it. Talk to me more about it. Wear you out, make you anxious, walk in fear and confusion. Father, you're not that God that gives confusion, but you're a God of peace. Identity. God, speak to them about who you're calling them to become. Before it's anything they do, you're calling them a son and a daughter to simply sit at your feet and be before they do. And Lord, I pray for identity. Security. The insecurities that we all struggle with every day. The way we look, how much money we have, what we drive. Lord, those are things the world would like to bind us with, and I believe that God, you've called us to be blessed and prosper. But sometimes the enemy likes to warp our perspective on on, and and give us insecurities, and we embrace those things. And you're saying, God, we come into your presence and we say, God, let your let us receive the security you give as a father and speak to us and say, Hey, I love you for who you are. Help us hear your voice, God, not the voice of culture not the voice of social media and Instagram and whatever TV's saying and whatever the news is saying. God, we're called to be a blessed people, to prosper and grow and see the kingdom being manifested in every aspect of our life as it is in heaven, not as it is in America, as it is in heaven. Give us kingdom thinking. Of Jesus. Amen. I pray you received a word. I'm telling you, when you when God speaks to you, you can bring the lights up. When God speaks to you, anybody in the room, it trumps anything anybody else could say. I'm telling you, you need it for yourself, but give him space. It's as simple as that. Sit down and talk to him. He's so good, he's so awesome contrary to popular belief in America he's a good God he's so good better than you can think he's so good thanks so much for joining us today we pray you are able to take something from this sermon and apply it to your life also feel free to share this with your friends and family and if you'd like to contact us you can email us at loveandtruthchurchsavannah at gmail.com